be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is one body and one spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers. And because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you, give us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Please be seated for the reading. The first lesson is from Deuteronomy. Moses said, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and obeying his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord sworn to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, the word of the Lord. are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Who never do any wrong, but always walk in his ways. Oh, that my ways were made so direct 
that I might keep your statutes. I will thank you with an unfeigned heart when I have learned your righteous judgments. from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord.
I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No doubt the gospel we just heard from Matthew is a difficult one to hear. I liken it to that horrendous sound of our fingernails scratching a chalkboard. Even so, I have found that if we are willing to stick with these difficult, challenging passages, the ones we wish Jesus had never said, and wrestle with their meaning and their implications, it's usually well worth the effort and it yields an often unexpected reward, a deeper, a richer, more substantive understanding of ourselves and of God. We find Jesus surrounded by his disciples and a huge crowd of followers, and he is teaching them what it means to live the authentic life of a child of God. He has already given a series of blessings that we call the Beatitudes, or Servant on the Mount, such as Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, and so on. Then Jesus goes on to continue teaching about a God that is compassionate, a God that cares deeply about God's creation. We are all made in God's image, after all. And being made in God's image means that you and I are created for relationship with each other, and with God. This is how we are hardwired, and it's why our relationships matter to God. A journalist, John Hari, gave a TED Talk not too long ago, and he talked about how he traveled all over the world talking with all sorts of people about the issue of depression and anxiety. And he had a vested interest in this because he has struggled himself with this most of his life. And he says one of the things he found after all these travels and interviews is that today we are the loneliest society in history. The loneliest. He said since the dawn of time, our ancestors have banded together in tribes, in communities, in groups in order to live, to hunt, to farm, to survive. And this is what has always been, has given us a sense of meaning and purpose. In modern society, with all our advanced technology, we have lost these basic communications, these basic connections, and the result is a rising level of anxiety and depression. And in his research, Harry came across a young woman. Her name is Lisa lives in the east end of London, a very poor section. And she has suffered with bouts of depression and anxiety for about seven years, seldom living her home, leaving her home. Well, her physician arranged for her and several others who were also dealing with depression. He arranged for them to come together at the medical center about twice a week, not to share the grumbles of how miserable they were, but to come together to come up with ideas of how they could do something together. In fact, the first meeting Lisa went to, she said she was so overwhelmed, she actually vomited. But the others gathered around her, they comforted her, they rubbed her back, and she stayed. And then something, someone in the group said, 
uh, we know nothing about gardening. Remember, they're living in uh, urban part of London. And they said, let's learn about gardening. In fact, there was kind of a small patch of scrubby land behind the center that they could use. So they checked out books in the library about gardening. They which watched clips on YouTube. And so they began to work the soil with their hands. And they began to be in sync with the rhythms of nature in the process of gardening. And they began to form a tribe. They formed a community, a group that cared about one another. When someone didn't show up for a meeting, they'd go and check them out to make sure they were okay. In time, Lisa said, as our garden began to bloom, we began to bloom. The relationships we form become the true source of life for all of us. Hands down, more than anything else in this world, more than power, wealth, money, position, material goods, it is the connections we make with one another and with God that gives us a reason to be, to be alive. However, as we probably can attest to, relationships can be the most challenging, sometimes the most maddening of all pursuits. They are complicated. Sometimes they're messy. I often begin my premarital counseling sessions with couples with the acknowledgement that one of the most difficult things in this world is for two individuals to relate to one another. The earliest stories in the Bible deal with this central issue. How can we manage to get along, live peaceably, without maligning or killing one another? One of the first things we learn in Sunday school is the story of Joseph. Moses coming down Mount Sinai with these two heavy stone tablets inscribed with God's Ten Commandments. These fundamental sets of laws of how to live in community, how God has instructed us to be people in the world. And we have followed these for hundreds of generations. And they've morphed into more lists and do's and don'ts. We look at the the chapters in Leviticus and Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, and later the 613 commandments that guided every detail of life for an observant Jew. And then comes along Jesus. With authorities no one dares to question, he opens up a whole new understanding of the law. As he states, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to expand the law. He heightens the law to include the essence, the very intent that lies within our hearts and within our actions or inactions. Jesus says very clearly, it's not enough not to murder someone or not to commit adultery. We need to be mindful about how we treat another human being, not with hatred, but with respect, with love, not as a physical object for our own purposes or desires. If there is divorce, we treat people with dignity, with care for the most vulnerable. And in Jesus' time, this meant women and children. 
If we speak, we do so truthfully. And if we do that, then there is no need to swear or to take an oath. Then Jesus uses hyperbole, exaggeration of violent images, such as cutting out an eye or tossing someone into the eternal flames of hell to make his point. He says it is the intent, the intent behind our actions, not just the actions themselves, that God is most concerned about. It is what is on our hearts that matters. Because God intends for us to have life and have it abundantly. A wise theologian poses the critical question, what if God isn't interested in us keeping the law for the law's sake, but rather that God cares that we keep the law for our sake? We teach our children rules to keep them safe, how to best treat others and themselves so they can flourish and have full and productive lives. God wants this for us. God wants this for crew and Noah, who will be baptized shortly and welcomed into the household of God. God wants this for everyone. It is in striving to follow God's will that we become most alive, most the person God has intended us to be. And we do this with the assurance, with the promise that when we fail, and we will, no doubt, we are met with God's love and forgiveness before we even dare to ask. And we are assured of this in our baptismal covenant, something that we will recite shortly. Part of it says, will you persist in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. You notice it does not say if we fall into sin. It says whenever. It is a given because we are human. And we also know that God is merciful and knows us better than we know ourselves. No matter how many times we stumble and fall, fall, miss the mark, fall short, we know that God is present and always is there holding the promise of a way back, the promise of reconciliation, where broken hearts are mended and new beginnings are made possible. We see this in our own relationships with family and friends. Jesus teaches us how to lovingly tend to these relationships, these connections, for they are nothing less than sacred. They are holy. They are a living testament of God's love made visible to the world. So therefore, this week, I invite you to pick one relationship, just one, that in your life you cherish. The relationship that gives you joy, and to think about the different ways this relationship sustains you and why. Then offer a prayer of thanks for the person and for the relationship. Then pick a relationship that is strained or even broken. 
Don't worry about who did what. It's not a time to blame or shame or ruminate over old hurts, but simply lift up this relationship as an offering to God, opening your heart to possible ways that you can help bring about reconciliation and healing. And then I invite all of us to pray this week that we can find the desire and the courage to follow the way Jesus taught us in building up healthy community, healing old wounds, loving God and our neighbors as ourselves. And why? Because God delights in us. You and I are God's beloved. Amen. of holy baptism will now be presented. Will you be responsible for seeing that he that they are being brought up in the Christian faith and life? Will you by your prayers and witness help them to grow into the full stature of Christ? Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce all the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? And this is for the whole congregation. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support Noah and crew in their life in Christ? Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? In God the Holy Spirit.
continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Let us now pray for Noah and crew who are to receive the sacrament of new birth. Deliver them, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Open their heart to your grace and truth. Fill them with your holy and life-giving spirit. Keep them in the faith and communion of your holy church. Teach them to love others in the, spirit of the, in the power of the Spirit. Send them into the world in witness to your love. Bring them to the fullness of your peace and glory. I want to ask all the children, please come down and come right to the font. Come on, so you can see in. You want to see what's going on here. You might remember your baptism, right? Yeah. Yes, you're going to check that out. Okay. He is strong, isn't he? <laughs> He's pulling the font apart. Okay. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection, from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his, his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and Holy Spirit. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by, the Holy, uh, by your Holy Spirit, that those who are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You want to touch your hands in the water? Can you feel that? It's warm, isn't it? Right, that's what you were baptized in. Yeah, it's a little warm. Yeah, okay. All right, who's going to be first? Why don't we do Noah? He's most excited about this. All right. Come on, Noah, you're going to let me hold you? Oh, you're a big boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to do it this way. Okay. Noah, we're going to baptize you. In the name of the Father, 
and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yay, amen. Give me the towel there. The towel. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Now I need the oil, please. He wants to do it again. Noah, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Here we go. Okay, crew, it's your turn. Okay, can you do it? You are so cute. Oh my goodness, okay, let's do it this way. Crew, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Well done. Crew, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the water and the Holy Spirit, you have bestowed upon your servants the forgiveness of sin and have raised them to new life of grace. Sustain them, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit, giving them an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, and a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Let us welcome the newly baptized.
of the Lord be always with you. Welcome to St. John's on this wonderful day, celebration of baptism. These are the great-grandchildren of June and Emmy Aziz. So welcome, and we are delighted to have Noah and crew as our newest members of the household of God. We are winding down Epiphany. It's hard to believe that we're anticipating Lent, uh, our newest season of, on the church calendar. And towards that, we're going to bring back our old tradition of pancake supper on Shrove Tuesday. In the back of your bulletin, it shows that we are having uh, this wonderful carb-heavy meal before we start in the practice of Lent. And it's going to be sponsored by the Thursday morning men's Bible group as well as the youth group. And so they're going to be working together to put on this meal. So please do come and support. Also, something we're doing we're doing a little bit of liturgical license uh, with Margie and myself, and she has put together a wonderful service for Ash Wednesday Eve for children and families to introduce the children to the meaning of Ash Wednesday as we enter into Lent, and we will do the same with Holy Week. Also, we have coming up this coming Friday, and again, it's in the back of your bulletin, a special concert by Simon Johnson from England. That's this Friday, the 21st. So please make a point, invite a friend, and come to that. This is the last chance to come together and pick a verse uh, that you can do a reflection or a, a poem, a sketch, whatever, to be part of our Lenten uh, book of reflection. So please, you can get that at coffee hour uh, where the coffee is. Next week, we have our last class on Episcopal one-on-one. -on -one. We've had three and Margie will lead that. She did a wonderful job on Anglican theology, not an easy thing to address, as a way to help us understand why we do what we do and what we believe and what we don't, and why we wrestle with so many of these questions. So please come, our next forum, Episcopal One-on-One. -on -one. Wherever you are in your life, whatever relationships you may be struggling with or thankful for, know that you're welcome to come to the table to receive the body and blood of Christ, the bread and the wine that we all need to help sustain us in these difficult days. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Also, I want to mention that there will be a healing minister at the font if you would like to have a blessing or a prayer for yourself or for someone else during communion.
be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in Jesus Christ our Lord, you have received us as your sons and daughters, made us citizens of your kingdom, and given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. For the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we obey his heavenly glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Alleluia! Alleluia! Amen.